0: Everyone, and thank live? you for coming to Coffee Hour with Croda. Happy Friday. I don't know about anybody else, Yay. but I'm so glad it's Friday. So I'm Donna Petretti and I'm the marketing manager here. And I'm here with my lovely gals, Annie and Brielle. Say hi. <laughs> hey, how's
1: everyone this morning? Ooh, Marisol, I love yeah. it. Peach mimosa tea? Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, so let's let's talk, let's dive in style. and talk about what we're drinking. Oh, what do you have, Donna? Spice latte, my beaker, my science beaker. Um, I'm in the I fall mode. Love, love it. Ria, what are you have? guys drinking?
2: I have, I'm just drinking a plain old cup of coffee. I just need some strength, <laughs> caffeine. I'm, if you can yeah. tell, I'm very puffy. I haven't been sleeping. Um, but <laughs> I have my cat person mug, because. Oh, I like
1: nice. I love it, keeping it real and old school with the coffee my mug is very appropriate for today coffee makes me less murdery so true um and i jazzed it up this morning i'm doing a little honey lavender cappuccino so i thought why not and then because marisol turned me on to the oatly barista blend milk life-changing froths like so good so I'm in my happy place right now. I got my caffeine. I got a fabulous lipstick on. And I'm here to chat about some beauty with my ladies. So let's do it.
0: Yeah. yeah. OK, well, keeping in the same vein of fall and November, did you guys know that November is World Vegan Month? Which really? I think is kind of ironic because it's Thanksgiving in the US. Yeah. But yeah, it's World yeah. Vegan Month. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um. And, you know, the vegan trend or movement has been growing uh, triple digits for the past couple of years. It doesn't look like it's slowing down. If you look at Google searches, if you look at Mintel product launches um, rapidly, any um, any idea why you think that might be? What are you guys seeing?
1: I don't know. I didn't know that the, there was a World Vegan Month. Is this a new thing or is it something that, like, I don't know. I'm kind I of think
2: cool it's fairly that,
1: new. I, mean, I never heard of it. Yeah, I mean uh, products at the store. Days
2: and months now, but,
0: yeah. but it's always fun yeah, I to think... like
2: honor something for the month. I, I don't I I think that this trend is something that is here to stay. I think like doing having something like that goes to show as like retailers like Sephora and Ulta, they start valuing it and they start calling it out. I think it's only going to make it bigger. And we've kind of also seen that I think that there's like two things. There's vegan and there's cruelty-free. And it's kind of deciding what's what's good for your brand, um, what you value, and figuring it out from there, what you think your consumer will value.
0: Yeah, I think there's a misperception when you say something's vegan. People automatically think it's it's um, cruelty free and it's not. So you have to be really clear, I think, um, with your claims, and especially with this you know, cruelty free. What does that mean? There there are certain countries that don't test on animals, but there are countries that test on animals, but they're not cruel tests. Like it's it's yeah. very vague. Um, so I think you have to be really clear. Absolutely. What I what I found interesting is, did you guys know that most women who buy vegan beauty products don't necessarily follow a vegan diet. So it's it's not connected. And I thought that was interesting.
2: Yeah, that that's a, a super interesting fact because I feel like, <laughs> I guess oh, I'm. what I, maybe a question for the audience is what do you, uh, why do you think people who are valuing it in their beauty aren't valuing it in their diet? Well, I guess maybe that's they like the taste of meat, but I think that that's an interesting call out because if you're thinking about it in terms of whatever you value moral moral reasons why yeah. one over the other it's, it's an interesting interesting concept i mean i know a lot of brands are even some brands that are already on the market are thinking about like reformulating i know hourglass cosmetics they've been on a they made a vow for 2020 for twenty twenty to have make all their products, reformulate all of them vegan. And I think they've done half of them now. They had a, a campaign right. where they were having um, their consumers and their and like influencers taking pictures with their pets. And I think they called it like eye to eye. Yeah, and I've seen that. they were promoting like this idea of, of like reformulating vegan. So that's something that they thought their consumer would value. but I think that it's I also think I think multi-free is also a good way of meeting those if it's a moral reason as well.
0: Yep. I also think vegan beauty products are perceived as being better, more more natural and um better for you. I think you've seen that too, Brielle. We were talking a while ago when you were visiting one of the I don't know if it was Sephora or Ulta, but um yeah the people actually on the floor were actually saying it was better for you and it and it really doesn't it really doesn't it's not relevant right it's not yeah, just because yeah. it's speaking doesn't mean it's better but people have that perception so yeah yeah
2: yeah. i thought it was interesting yeah that was last i believe fall or maybe like this last like beginning of 2020 was we went to sephora and we're talking to some of the to the uh one of the retail workers there and she was basically almost using the word vegan synonymously with, like, efficacious, which I thought was very interesting. She was like, because yeah. it's vegan, it's going to perform better, which I thought was an interesting way of putting it. Um, but I think that's something that all, like, actually, I'd like to hear from you guys in the group chat about how do you, what role do you think, like, retailers have in this? Because it's, when you think about the retailers and then they're training their retail workers who are going to end up speaking on these products, I think we get on something that worries me is that are we misinformation? Like, let's make sure that everybody's right. informed. Um, and I guess that's something like, honestly, I'm, I'm
0: kind of curious what you guys think in the chat about. Yeah, we did, we did get a question. What animal products are being used in the industry besides beeswax and lanolin?
2: from i worked before i worked in the sales side of things i worked in purchasing side of things and i know that there are certain ingredients that people don't realize come from or that are animal derived like i know that some of the stearists sometimes can have can be animal derived um so i think there's a lot of things that people don't realize i mean proteins we have proteins keratin um as well as like silk proteins
0: uh, yeah. What about um, like synthetic base? Like we, we have a sim- synthetic beeswax. There's a discussion going on like what's better natural synthetics, but this is one area where going with the synthetic um, and a lab made ingredient could be better if you have a vegan um, lifestyle or it's sometimes it's even more sustainable, right? This is This is a great, great area.
2: Yeah. Collagen also is animal derived.
0: And I think that's the other thing too when a, when a brand claims that they're vegan, there are certain ingredients that you wouldn't even think that aren't animal drive, but like red dye from beetles. you know some people don't think of that as being animal drive, but it is honey is another one um, yeah. you know that is animal drive, so if you really want to have a vegan beauty product, you're looking to have those things out of out of the formula yeah yeah since we're talking about synthetics and made, maybe we should talk a little bit more about that. Um, You know, since COVID 19, there's definitely more of an appreciation for lab made and and synthetic ingredients for the reasons I just touched upon, right? Sustainability. um, But there are a lot of other reasons too. For example, you know, if you're like shelf life is really important now, the purity, I mean, you can control the purity of the synthetic ingredient in the lab, whereas some of the natural ingredients, um, it's kind of hard to do that. Um, and I guess, you know, we talked about sustainability, but, um, if, if there's not a lot of, if you're looking at an ingredient that's natural, you may not be, you know, the sourcing of it could not be, might not be ethical. So there are some benefits to some some ingredients for sure.
2: Yeah. I think there's this common idea of, um, natural being seen as better for the environment and better for people. But yeah, when you actually look at sometimes the supply chain. It might actually be more harmful um and so uh, that's why i think a lot a lot of this conversation is about whatever your brand values and whatever your consumer values in terms of like yeah because i think there's this idea of clean and a lot of people you see online using it for different things using it synonymously with natural using it synonymously with synthetics so But yeah, I think that the synthetic trend is definitely was especially around March when people were. It was funny because at one point it felt like people were buying like more natural cleaning products and things like that. But then as soon as March hit and we were in a pandemic, all the Clorox, everything was off the shelves. So it kind of
0: shifted things a little bit. Um, Yep. Yep i have a question do you think covid shifted the consumer to more natural i i actually think the opposite yeah i think, I think it kind of went more towards um safety first um and being mm-hmm. protected and, and your and your health so um not that it, not that people are still looking for natural options but they're definitely looking at their health a little bit is a priority and the safety and the priority and synthetics actually can can do that right um yeah and i love that i love that
1: shift to the to the clean versus natural just because it allows for more for the formulators to use more ingredients you know it allows for silicones and other things that might be considered might not be considered natural they're now safe to use because it's more focusing on safe synthetics so yep. yeah and
0: and i don't think i don't think we have we should think think about it think about it like one or the other like i think both synthetic and natural ingredients have a place in a formula and i think most the Mm -hmm. most effective formulations or products probably do have that blend yeah
1: yeah 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 oh i I like a comment in the in the group chat it was saying with the inner and outer wellness movement. So it's, you know, people are, you know, especially now are really into the at-home treatments and really taking care of their skin and, you know, treat yourself is, you know, really a big thing. Cause it's like, we have nothing else to look forward to. You know, we really can't <laughs> go anywhere. So it's uh it's nice to have those spa like treatments at home and to really take care of your skin and take care of your mind as well. And just try not to Tend to lose it. You know, I know that all of us, I mean, for myself, you know, you have good days and you have not so good days. So it's, uh, I think that's definitely a big movement that we're seeing.
0: Yeah. And, um, also because people have more time at home, um, based on some Google, uh, data that I've seen, people are doing more research about the ingredients. Um, and so, you know this whole transparency is becoming even bigger for them and they're learning more so you have you know brands really need to give that full transparency not just um in the formulation but also after the formulations used like what's what happens to the product you know the packaging like they're really becoming very informed um and that's all due to covid all this time at home mm-hmm. what else are you doing you know yeah, yeah and i
2: um to oh. back to piggyback off of that it's i saw that marisol said for household no so people aren't going towards natural ingredients but skincare maybe and I, I think that's a good point i think that i know it for myself i've been more willing to try things i'm like well might as well try this more natural moisturizer and see how it reacts on my skin while well, i'm not going anywhere and don't have to worry about the like effects or like what could happen so i think like people are more willing to try so there might be people that are like might as well try out this brand, test out these ingredients, and do more research while I have the time. So I think that was a good point,
1: now that I yeah. have more time.
0: There's a great question that just came in. Um, what certifications do you think are gonna gain mm-hmm. traction as consumers force brands to be more transparent about their ingredients and claims? That's a great, great question, because I definitely think certifications are gonna be more important now, because it's, it's like a, it kind of validates that the product is safe and, and good for you. Um, you know, I think the, the most popular ones are Cosmos, Go Surf, but I do think that we're going to see um, the USDA bio preferred certification. I think mm-hmm. that will gain some popularity over the next couple of years, and I like it because it's really one of the ones that quantifies the percent bio-based content, um, and it gives you that that percentage right on the label. So it, there's you yeah. know, it's it's there's no vagueness to it, you know, like when you say something is natural, what does that really mean? But this is saying, hey, in this formulation, 85% is natural. So um, I think for consumers, that's going to be really um, appealing to them.
1: Yeah, and I I love seeing more brands using the USDA Bio Preferred on their products. If anyone's um, been to Sephora lately, you know, the French brand Caudalie, actually uses the USDA bio preferred logo on their grape water spray which is a fabulous spray let me tell you that but I love the mist on it but um, seventh generation also has it on their baby care products too, which I think is really cool so we've really seen the movement um, come in from the home care you know laundry care area moving into personal care because again it's a scientific method and it's a way that people can really you know it's not just a, you know, a, a, a what is it, a NGO? You know, it's it's definitely right. a, um, right. you know, science base, which I like.
0: And it's and it's tested too uh, by a third party, so it's not the brand saying, mm-hmm. oh, we're saying it's eighty five percent natural. No, it was tested outside by a by a universal lab. Um, so again, giving it more of that um, validation, you know, yeah. yeah oh we got a CBD question question. i knew that
1: was going to come in i you know (laughs) i think so and new jersey just legalized uh recreational marijuana which is very liberal uh very cool so i feel like i'm seeing more of these products on the market but more in like the mastige type area um there's a couple of really cool ones i've seen on uh, the beauty independent page where they're focusing and and they they actually state the um the milligrams so the actually the amount on there so the actual cbd in it it's not just you know like hemp seed oil or something very generic so i feel like with the wellness movement with people trying to relax a little bit it could be you know continuing to fuel that trend i mean I, but i'm not seeing it slow down uh, with the release of cbd products what are you all
0: I think you're going to see um, more testing, more studies around CBD now. Um, Again, just going back to the transparency, um, I think that's only going to help CBD. um, It's just have more data behind it, you know, of its its, um, effectiveness in creams and everything. But yeah, and also like Brielle said, people are trying new things. So CBD is really, people are curious about it. So they're going to go ahead and try it where maybe they wouldn't have done that before March, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, they might say, you know what, maybe this will help me with my lavender oil or something, help me relax and zen out. Um, Oh, I see another good question here and comment about the um, transparency and about with percent natural. So, you know, some consumers really believe that if a product's natural, it's gonna be better for them, which isn't always the case, because I I love the example that um, a brand called No BS uses. And it says, you know, jellyfish and poison ivy are natural. Does it mean it's good for me? And no, it doesn't mean it's good for you. And, you know, some of it is, you know, I would say a way of greenwashing, but at least with the USDA Bio preferred, you know that, you know, it's really more about transparency of the ingredients and showing that you're using plant-derived ingredients. It doesn't make it better, but it's just a way to showcase that on your formulation to the consumer base.
2: I guess the question I have is where, what do you look for right now for safety on a product? Um, And just for anybody on this call, just like what's something that indicates it for yourself? Um, Because I know I struggle with looking at, even working in this industry, looking at labels. There are so many symbols and like the bunny, all these different things that mean so much. And sometimes it's so... Overwhelming as a consumer to look at these and know what does this mean for me. Um So I guess like that's just even as a personal question, what what's something that you guys look for to know that a product is safe or what makes you trust something? Yeah, I
0: love Jeff's comment about formaldehyde. I know.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm like. I mean. I guess it only matters if you're dead. If you know you're preserving a dead body, but other than that, you don't want it, right? <laughs> I had to throw out the microbiome question only because I was doing a little research as usual, web surfing on beauty stuff. Like, one am I not? And I saw an article on birdie.com and it was saying the nine biggest skincare trends of 2020. And of course, microbiome was on there. We've been talking about microbiome for the last couple of years, you know, with the great presentation Soderma put together on explaining the trend and giving some options. Um, and I think it's just it's difficult it's almost like defining natural It's just because everyone's microbiome is different. so how do you formulate for the billions of people in the world? you know how do you make one product that's going to work for everybody um, so it's I always wonder what other you know how other people are thinking about this topic and what does it mean to them
2: Sarah said uh that she it was big before covid but and uh i feel like we're not seeing it as much now since consumers are focusing on killing everything right right now give me all the
1: alcohol on the hands like just kill it all give me the bleach i want the bleach
0: i know know. but then like the thing is is, like you're stripping your
1: skin and you're making yourself more susceptible Um, for you know getting sick or like you know you so you need a healthy i mean it's hard, but I feel like a healthy microbiome really starts with a healthy barrier and moisturization Mm -hmm. is really key and kind of the easiest way to go about it. Um, of course, everybody knows, you know, um, yogurt and, you know, kombucha tea as being probiotics. So that also helps people to correlate. Okay. This is good for my gut. It should be good for my skin. Right. You know, we hope so.
0: Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, you're you're right. Annie. it's, it's, it's a big trend. I mean, Mintel reported that it's like 73% increase in product launches, the um, claiming microbiome since 2017. So it'll be interesting to see if it continues, but I haven't seen it slow down. Um, no. more, and more. I think there needs to be more science, though, more studies on it. Like you said, how does it really work? And, it, and because we have such different types of skin, everybody's different, how do you know it's really working? Um,
1: yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's hard to test for. And, and what, what strains do you formulate to? And it's just another what if. But I'm really interested to see the trend evolve and see what products are launched to the trend and really investigate it further.
2: Yeah. Well, you yeah. see brands like Tula who are still doing really well, and that's a big part of their their story. So who knows? Because I think that when it initially started, people thought it would pass through. But with their growth, it might be something that sticks around, yeah, yeah. And I think something that's interesting about Tula is this idea of misinformation or how, making sure consumers understand the full story is Tula is using probiotic extracts, so it's not mm-hmm. real probiotic Live probiotics would need to sit in your fridge and you wouldn't put that right on your skin there. And so, no, there's this. They're using they're called they are probiotic skincare, but it's um, important to understand if you read the fine print, the full story there. But sometimes consumers aren't going that deep.
0: So, so we've been talking a lot about misinformation, transparency, and it, and I think I saw a comment here that it's really difficult. Um, consumers just can't look at a label and understand every ingredient that's in there. Um, I wonder, you know. How, how do we educate consumers better? I mean, what what can we do? I mean, I've seen some brands who've been really good at minimizing the, their inky deck, which helps, right? So you don't have to look at twenty mm-hmm. ingredients; you're looking at ten. Some some of the cosmetics actually just call out the hero ingredients, which I think is really good. Hey, we have vitamin C. That's you know that's the active. So I've seen that, but I wonder if anybody has any other comments on how how can the brands better educate the consumers and even the suppliers like, it's our supp- responsibility too to do some education how do we do that as an industry um because it is yeah it is difficult you know, yeah and I, I, like,
2: I think i I've seen that sephora is um in terms of like inky decks i think somebody brought up like that it's hard for consumers yeah with the long inky decks understanding inkies and things like that but i know i've seen brands at sephora who We've actually all three of the three of us have talked about this before. Who use asterisks and in terms of your typical like ingredient that might have a scary name like a cocamidopropyl betaine. Uh, somebody who's never not in the science in the science field might read that and be like, "This sounds like a dangerous chemical that I don't want in my products." But they buy Dimethicone you Asterix.
1: a lot. It sounds scary.
2: Yeah, and it, and what I thought was interesting is that this brand used an asterisk and then called out on the bottom, vegetable derived or coconut derived. And it kind of clears up some, I think, initial fear from somebody who's reading it, who might not know what that is. So I thought that was interesting Mm -hmm. in a way of translating more for consumers, especially a consumer who might be focused on vegan or um, more natural alternatives. Reading something like that might be like, oh, this is not so bad. It's not just like, gas into like
1: a mixer and just creating this ingredient, you know, which I think right. sometimes is a perception. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah, Marisol, you know, Marisol a had a good comment.
0: comment. About, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I, I saw her comment on influencers and I agree. Um, I think they they are spreading sometimes the wrong information or information that they really don't know much about and they're just making these you know, broad stroke comments about certain ingredients. So I think social media is a good place to start some education. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen some um, scientists, some chemists go on and, and talk a little bit more. Maybe we just need to do more of that to really educate.
1: Yeah. Some people do a great job with you – know, some influencers do a really good job at – you know, explaining doing their research and explaining why they like an ingredient or why an ingredient may be good for skin. But I really appreciate when they say it didn't work for me. I didn't care for it, but it's not to say it's bad, you know, and I, you right. know, some animal derived products get bad names, you know, get a bad rap. It's you know, it, but again, back to the lanolin, this is the best stuff on the planet, um, for dry skin, flaky skin, right. irritated skin. And it's very simple. Um, but it's just again it's misinformation so I just wish you know people would do a little bit more research I saw on an Instagram story it was a spa had posted this no I think it was Carolyn Hirons it was the queen Carolyn Hirons had posted it and someone some influencer has suggested you use like an acid it was like three acid toners and I'm like oh my god she was like I hope your face doesn't fall off because like you should never exfoliate that much and that's a big thing that a lot of people are misleading. I saw one girl I used to follow who suggested using a exfoliating rice wash, the one from Tatcha, and then following it up with a high level glycolic acid. And I'm like, you shouldn't be recommending this to people. Like that is way too harsh for most, you know, for skin to to do a double exfoliation. But people see their favorite influencer doing it and then they want to use the same thing and then it just creates all these skin issues. So um, a couple of sites I follow that are great are like the Chemist Confessions do a really good job at breaking down the ingredients. Um, Lab Muffin Beauty is another great one. She's got her PhD in I believe organic chemistry and she's really good at talking to ingredients and speaking to, you know, she did a great video on silicones and why they're not bad, you know, but they just get a bad rap because one person and posts on a blog these are terrible they give you cancer no they really don't but you know so it's just but people have so many followings now that it's you know it's cool that there's it's easy to get messages out but at the same time it might not be the best message yeah
2: it could be dangerous yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean and we see on tiktok and those are instagrams you just named but now there's all these tiktok influencers and people go there and take all of their recommendations, which I feel is very interesting as well. Um, And I think that's been, it's been awesome for like the whole beauty industry in general. Like we've seen like some mass brands being recommended. I mean, CeraVe is doing phenomenal because of people are recommending their products like crazy. Um, And then I also like Mm -hmm. that they still are focusing on a lot of the indie brands too. So it's cool to see like a balance there. And what people are recommending. Yeah, TikTok has really taken
0: off. I mean, I remember, I remember Annie. We, was it last year? We, we were just mm-hmm. looking at trends, and we saw TikTok become big. And now all the all the indie beauty brands are seeing them on there. That's great. I know my daughter yeah, loves it. That would- and-
1: that was right when yes. Elf did, did their campaign because yeah. we were talking about that before that presentation and we're like, Oh my God, Elf just dropped this campaign. And then on a lot of the indie events that I've attended over the last virtual ev- events I've attended over the last few months, that's all you hear about is you got to be on TikTok and Elf and EOS are killing it on TikTok, you know, and it's just like, okay, how do we do this? <laughs> you know, yeah, and it's just really- how do we do it the right way?
0: We're really targeting that Gen Z, you know, young millennial um, uh, consumer who is, you know, sustainability and transparency is really top of mind with that group. Um, So that's the way to connect with them. And, you know, hopefully there'll be more education through that, through that forum as well. This was really great. I hope everyone had uh, got some value out of it and some insight. I know I did. And. Please um, leave us your comments, uh, you know, any other topics you might want to hear. If you want to you want to join another Coffee Hour with us, we'd love to have you. Um, just let us know what's on your mind, and we appreciate you coming. I'm wishing everyone a great weekend, um, and stay safe.
1: Awesome. Thanks, ladies. Bye. So good to chat with everyone. Bye. Have a good weekend.